Hello, and welcome to Twin It, Twin It Podcast. That's Aaron, host of It's a Fandom Thing Podcast and coming soon, It's a Dean Thing Podcast. And that's Jen, host of my streaming bubble and where... Podcast Brain, Brain Twins. Twins. I was we- trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're not actually twins, just for the record. Despite what others say. <laughs> mm-hmm, I know. I mean, it, like, spitting image, spit right? Image. Like, <laughs> yes. Our glasses are practically the same. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's as, about as far as it goes, but... <laughs> I don't know if we're the same height, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> I am just botching up this intro. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but why oh, are we me? This I'm month, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, go, Jen. Wow. Okay. Well, we are back this month, obviously. I mean, come on, we're on the ball here to mm-hmm. test our podcast brain twinningness with the movie. Kill Jane from 2019. Does she love it? Does she hate it? If we guess right, we've twinned it. If we've guessed wrong, then we haven't twinned it and we're not winning it. Hmm. Let's find out if we've twinned it. Ooh. So I know I feel like it's it's a thing now. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> So, you got any win- witty, win- got things to say with your mouth and I'm words? Like, do I have any witty banter? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I have any witty banter, to be quite honest. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You should you should watch Saltburn, Jen. I've got that on my list. A friend of mine on our um, group text, she had mentioned, she asked if anyone watched it. And she's like, well, it's, she's like, I think Jen would like it. You know, she's like, it's twisted and, and all of that. So I was like, it's on my list. I've heard decent things about it. So, yeah, I just want to hear your reaction to three scenes. That's all I, or oh. four, actually four. Okay. Four. That's all I care all right. about. Your reaction to the bathtub scene, the vampire scene, the graveyard scene, and then the ending. Oh, okay. So Noted. get on it. <laughs> all right. Yes, That's ma'am. my witty banter. <laughs> it's not really witty banter, but... <laughs> It's, it's bossy instructions, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't witty really banter? Not, no. no, not witty banter per se, but we did let uh, our oldest, who's 12, he'll be 13 this year, watch his first R-rated movie the other day. And mommy got to pick the R-rated movie. And so we watched The Suicide Squad. And that kid loved it just as much as I do. I'm just like... <laughs> so that's awesome yeah and that was that was a lot of fun to watch it with him and he's just kind of laughing and i figured it was right up his alley you know he likes a lot of the superhero stuff and kind of seeing some of these lesser known you know like not the big big ones we always hear about so so yeah he had he enjoyed it he had fun with it he had his favorites you know polka dot man and um and then yeah he made a great joke about john cena and how oh i guess they were able to see john cena and i was like i'm so proud because if you don't know john cena as a wrestler had a whole thing about like you can't see me and then he'd wave his hand in front of his face so anytime john cena comes up or is on tv my husband and i annoy our children with that so 
this time my kid threw it back on me and I was like, oh, proud mommy moment. <laughs> so, yeah, that was kind of it. <laughs> like, I have never, like, um, watched wrestling except for like the gorgeous ladies of wrestling glow when i was a kid mm-hmm. so i don't know anything about wrestling <laughs> wrestlers yeah i used to watch it a lot and then i really i kind of stopped somewhere in like the mid 2000s because it just got to be too much talking not enough wrestling not enough of my barbaric gladiator soap opera shit you know action wise but just more talking i was like i can't fucking handle this so i bounced but you bounced, you were out I of bounced. There. Yeah. I bounced right <laughs> out of that ring. I was like, fuck this shit. But yeah, that's all I got. Awesome. So at least I had like something I experienced and didn't just share a story about, okay, I do have a story about somebody else, another one about my husband, but we'll save it for another time. Cause that one's going to be kind of long. So, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we'll just we'll just go ahead and, and get on with this episode because I'm sure no one wants to hear the story about how my husband took the cat to get neutered. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to hear a graphic tale of the cat oh. getting neutered. Oh no, it's not graphic. I figured it's more... it wasn't. I'm just kind yeah. of t- kidding. But it's more about his public embarrassment and stuff. So the the oh, husband, no. not the cats. <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> but anywho. Let's move on to the movie that let's move on to the episode and like why we're here and what we're talking about because about what we've watched. So, as Aaron said, we are watching Kill Chain from 2019, which was written and directed by Ken Sanzi, Sanzel, sorry. Um, and neither of us has seen this one. And since neither of us had seen it, we went ahead and asked Carla to pick a handful of or uh, from to pick which movie we're going to cover based on movie synopsis. So we were able to narrow it down. Aaron picked one of her favorite actors and a couple of his movies that she hadn't seen. And I picked one of my favorite actors and a handful of movies that I hadn't seen. And my actor won. (laughs) So I'm already (laughs) winning. Sorry. But <laughs> so yeah, Carla was very pleased with herself that she picked Nicolas Cage over. Well, she didn't know at the time. I told her you picked Nicolas Cage over Colin Farrell. I just mm-hmm. hope you know <laughs> over my future husband. So I just <laughs> hope you know. <laughs> so we'll see who's invited to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hadn't. I'd like you know. I love Nicolas Cage, but I haven't seen all of his movies and this is one that i had not seen so i was pretty excited when when kill chain won because i was like ooh, like, i'm pumped so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not that i ever need excuses to watch nick nick flicks but this was definitely a good one so especially because i got to talk to you about it afterwards so So your spoiler warning. So this is your spoiler warning and your synopsis. So we'll go ahead and read the synopsis from IMDb. We'll also give any trigger warnings. um, And then we'll also give our own synopsis, kind of our own summary of what what the film was about. So the IMDb synopsis 
A hotel room shootout between two assassins kicks off a long night of bodies falling like dominoes as we follow a chain of crooked cops, gangsters, hitmen, a femme fatale, and an ex-mercenary through a confluence of murder, betrayal, revenge, and redemption. Uh, trigger warnings for this one. Well, I mean, there's a lot of gun violence, um, crooked cops that was just given in the synopsis, um, violence and harm against children. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Yeah. All right. And Aaron, do you want to go ahead and give us your synopsis, your little summary of it? Oh my gosh. This has been really hard for me to come up with what my synopsis would be. Um, set in the run t- rundown Hotel Del Franco, just because I had to say that in <laughs> the synopsis, a chain of killings <laughs> are woven through the rooms of the hotel as secrets are slowly revealed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it works. That's, I mean, kind of, that's, that's the movie, really. So, okay, was, Jen. <laughs> so this was my, my synopsis and I came with it, came up with it a few minutes into the movie, but I was like, oh, I get it. Every character is a link in this succession of sequences that are quite deadly, like, a kill chain. That's like oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Um, let's see. So we'll go ahead and move on to we're gonna guess on whether or not the other one loved it or hated it and what they ranked it and you know that part of it before we begin the fighting. Hopefully we're not fighting. We haven't fought yet. No, we haven't. I, I can't wait for us to fight on it. <laughs> I mean that like I like fighting with Jen. I just think it'd be fun to like in a nice, friendly way. I mean, I don't mean like right. No, in in a fun spirited kind of debate, and you know, just yes. all in good fun kind of way. So yes. maybe maybe the next time we need Carla to pick a movie for us, she should pick one. Just she picks one. We can maybe give her anyway. What did you think? <laughs> sorry, I'm, my inside thoughts are all coming out. Nothing's staying in. I'm it's sorry. Okay. okay, this is so hard. I, I this I have a really hard time with this, and I kind of just changed my mind going off of a little wording that you just said, and I could be totally wrong and be like I should not do this, but I think you enjoyed this movie for what it was. You didn't take it too seriously so you had fun with it and you loved watching Nicolas Cage so I think because Nicolas Cage was in it and because of his character and because of the way the film you know ends up basically being basically he's the hero quote-unquote hero of the movie and so I think because of how it wound around to that I think you liked that so I think you had fun with it I don't think it'll necessarily be one of your favorite Nicolas Cage movies. I don't think you'll necessarily watch it a lot, but I think you had fun with it. And I say you gave it a, a six. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm thinking that I, I think you, I think you liked this movie. You didn't love it. I think. I feel like you probably saw some of the twists or whatever um, 
coming. There was some some of them I did not I did not catch at all. So I was like, huh, she probably did because she's smarter than I am. And she picks up on those things where I'm just like, Ooh, fun. It's not true. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I think I also and I, I think it's honestly so I just I, I have down that I think you gave it like a six point five um, because I think that you like I said, I think you liked it. You didn't love it, but it was still like mildly entertaining. Um, yeah, so that's kind of why. <laughs> so okay, yeah. Okay. Also, I think you probably liked the runtime of like an hour and a half, so it wasn't like too long, so nothing felt too like drawn out or anything. So adding that to okay, okay, all right. Let's find so, out. How did I do? You did pretty good. I will say, so I got about halfway through the movie and I'm like making my notes. And at that time, easy six. I was like, this is an easy six. Yep. It's, it's inner, it's mild, it's entertaining, you know, Nicolas Cage having fun with it. Um, by the time I'd finished writing my notes, uh, I can't remember what was happening, but it did jump up to like a 6.8 for me. So that's where, so I give it a 6.8. Um, the ending, we'll talk about that. But that was kind of one part I was like, huh, all right. But yeah, I, like you said, I did have fun with it. I enjoyed it. Um, for a little bit, I was worried that Nick wasn't going to be in it a whole hell of a lot. So I was it getting ready to, like I was getting ready to get real mad. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I, I, and I liked the runtime. I also kind of like that we're just kind of dropped in to kind of this madness. I liked the storytelling of the movie, uh, the way they kind of showed us the different links and everything. So that's why I gave it a good 6.8. Okay. This How did the I first do? episode that we fight on? Oh, I hated this movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> hated this movie. I did not like this movie. I did not like this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> I gave it a three. I gave it a three. Um, because I felt that, that it would be bad if I gave it a two or a one. Because uh, I thought it deserved a three. Just... I, I enjoyed Nicolas Cage's performance, but I just, oh, this felt like I was back in film school and I was watching film school movies where the dialogue was so bad and it was so like, oh, you're trying to really be cool. Why don't you just be like a silly action movie, but you're trying to be cool. And like, I can tell who the person who did this must really like love Quentin Tarantino movies or something like that. And so it felt like that for me and the runtime I wrote down feels long, even though it's only 90 <laughs> minutes oh, no. and all the Dutch angles, Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in film school again. When you watch a student film where they're just trying to be cool and they're trying to say something, but they're not really saying anything. And I wrote trying too hard and 
the women in this movie, the way women were in this movie, drove me fucking <laughs> nuts. So I'm sorry, but I did not like this movie. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, valid points, but I, I you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, at least you enjoyed Nicolas Cage, and that's really all that matters. Because right away, like, my first note is, I love Die Beard Nick Cage. Like, that thing is so fucking, what is that, that just, fi- just for men, the five-minute, like, beard dye shit? His beard's way too dark. He's too old to <laughs> beard and i love it so much (laughs) so right away i was like yes (laughs) and to be fair go i don't take nick cage movies super seriously going into them so it's always and i think maybe this is just how i am generally with a lot of movies but going with low expectations because then i feel like (laughs) there's not a lot of room for disappointment (laughs) so not knowing what kind of Nick flick this was going to be, if it was going to be a bad one, a good bad one, or like a legit good one. I knew it wasn't going to be a legit good one. I went into it like, okay, this is going to be like some Willie's one. Well, not as good as Willie's Wonderland, but just kind of on that level of fun, violent. And yeah. So, but I loved it. And I loved, I don't care what kind of trope it is or whatever, but that storytelling, because it opens up with like the two random baddies entering the hotel and everything and encountering Nicolas Cage's character. And he's like, well, let me tell you about it or whatever. So I was like, oh, we're getting the movie through like, uh, you know, him telling the story of it. And that's not what it was. He was telling kind of a different story ish. So at first I was like, you know, I don't hate this. It's kind of cheesy and corny and it's not. But I didn't hate it. I was like, yay, Nick Cage is going to tell us a story. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I think I get it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I wonder when I was watching it, I was like, I really will be very curious to hear from Jen because I was not expecting a good movie. I want to say that I was not like setting myself up like I was going to watch this masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm okay, this is one of the Nicolas Cage movies that he it fits in his brand of what Nicolas Cage does. That's not an insult, by the way. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it fits in his brand. And I'm like, okay, this will probably be really like silly and cheesy, but it might be a lot of fun. And I think that's what bothered me is it was trying not to be silly and cheesy. And it was trying to be a really serious movie. And that's the part that really bothered me because I mm-hmm. was like I would have much rather it been like a really cheesy movie yeah. and I think I would have had more fun with it because the fact that I was like holy crap how much longer is this movie a few times which was bizarre to me because I was like oh this is a short movie yes awesome and and I have nothing against long movies let me say my favorite movie is three hours long so I have nothing against that it's just the way they're handled and the way they're done that matters to me it's the pacing mm-hmm. and the pacing felt off on this one i will say though i will say i mean i already said i liked nicholas cage i really did love the main set of the hotel i thought that was really well done because it was so run down and so grimy and i just kept thinking oh my gosh i can't believe anyone would actually stay here <laughs> 
I mean, there are hotels like that, but it was like, so I was like, oh my gosh, you would need to shower like 20 times after you left this place. It was so gross. And when Mm -hmm. they were sitting at the bar, when Nicolas Cage's character and uh, what, I don't have the IMDb pulled up, but the uh, the main woman. Pencil skirt. Yeah. Yeah. And they were sitting there (laughs) drinking at the bar and, um, that was actually one of the scenes that even though it felt like it was trying too hard, that was one of the scenes I did enjoy of the trying too hard scenes. <laughs> um, but I kept thinking I would never drink any of this alcohol because this whole, whole hotel is so filthy, but it fit with the movie. So I will say, I think for a movie that probably had a very, very low budget, um, I'm guessing, I'm just guessing it had a low budget. I know Nicolas Cage was an executive producer on it, but it even so, I think it, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming mm-hmm. just because it's not a big studio picture, Mm-mm. but they did so well on that. I will say the set designs were all really, really well done. So, and, and I kind of liked the opening credits. I don't know why I wrote it down. Like it was comic book because it's not like they're, it's not like they're, drawn or anything it's not Mm -hmm. animation but it just kind of felt like a comic book in the beginning the beginning Mm -hmm. credits scene Mm -hmm. um but yeah so see i can say some positive things about it i just (laughs) did not enjoy this movie (laughs) now when you mentioned kind of like that that pacing i'll give you that um you know we get through kind of the cold open the opening credits and then we jump into and so with with regards real quick to the characters I I didn't bother learning anyone's names because honestly, I didn't think it was important. So to know who I'm talking about, here's what I've named them almost in order of appearance. So aside from the cold open, we've got assassin dad, assassin bro, dirty brown cop, dirty white cop, pencil skirt, pencil skirts X and her letter jacket wearing henchmen, (laughs) Nick Cage, the rando baddies, which we later find out are the blue car criminals. So... (laughs) So when we are, when we're first introduced to Assassin Dad, getting ready to take somebody out and then finds out Assassin Bro's there to take out Assassin Dad. And after all of that goes down and then Assassin Bro runs into the dirty cops, that's kind of when I was like, duh, it's a chain. It's, these are links and each link, they're all going to die. So at that point, I became excited to see who was going to die and how. <laughs> Well, that's what I was in it for at that point. (laughs) So, but up until, up until like the, the dirty cops showed up, that kind of sequence with assassin dad and everything, I'm kind of like, what's the fucking point of this? Like, what is going on? And then the double cross and everything. So I was like, okay. And yeah, once we get to the dirty cops, because they kill assassin bro and then attack each other. I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then Dirty White Cop, I was like, well, first of all, Assassin Dad, I was like, who is that guy? He's super familiar. Because I was like, oh, my God, he's he's like that guy. Uh-huh. And I recognized him from Just Shoot Me in another 90s short-lived sitcom called Hope and Gloria. <laughs> I don't know if anyone ever watched that show. I don't know if anyone ever talks about it. It may have had two seasons. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, Enrico... Colin, Colin, Tony, Taloni, 
I it was a joy to see him because I haven't really seen him in a lot lately. So I was excited to to see that actor. So I think that's another reason why I was like, we <laughs> but but yeah, until until I kind of put together that I was like, they're all gonna die. Um yeah, I was really just kind of like, let's let's get on with it. So but yeah, then after that, I was like, all right, we got our characters, our links, and they're all going to snap at some point. We and then, you know, so I'm thinking it's a chain, so it's going to come back around eventually. So it's like some of it's pretty fairly predictable, I suppose, but I didn't care about that. And then, yeah, and then we finally get to Nicolas Cage. And so I was like, yes, yes, finally, he's not just in the opening sequence. <laughs> So, and then yeah, Dirty White Cop was um, True Blood. True Blood. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so I was well, like, when I, I see saw his butt. name in the credits, I was like, oh, well, this is cool to see him in something else. And mm -hmm. then his character came along, and I said, kill this fucking asshole. Oh <laughs> so, no, shit! He was them, so really, but fucking I'm annoying right off the bat. Just a piece of shit. <laughs> so I liked that, you know, the links, and then we get kind of introduced and moved along to like each little segment almost so i do kind of like i like i really enjoyed that um so with the with regards to the women in this i kind of know what you're saying um the first the first woman woman we saw is a sex worker she dies unfortunately but i think we knew that was going to happen but then there's pencil skirt the femme fatale what did you think and then her <laughs> y'all did you hear that eye roll? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I was I was so hoping because I hated this movie. I was like, I, I was so hoping that I was wrong and you didn't like it because I I always feel bad when someone really likes a movie and then you're like talking bad about it because I understand how annoying that is. I hate that. And I hate when people will like message you after you recommended a movie and go, I hated this movie. It really, but it's it's like I I don't like that and it's happened to me a lot so I felt bad about that but anyway sorry so you were asking what I thought about this yeah character. so you because you already yeah you didn't like you didn't like the women in this movie and, and how they were portrayed so yeah which so with pencil skirt what was it about her character and the way she was portrayed anything specific that really stood out where you're just like Ugh, enough with this uh, she was covered in blood and just a bra and a skirt. That really stood out at first. <laughs> yes, that is um, how I, we're first I mean, introduced yes. to her. Um, okay, here's the thing is that I I actually really typically will like female characters like this, depending on how they're written. I love movies with femme fatales i love neo-noirs i love all that kind of stuff i i'm i'm big into noir films and stuff like that and i always have been um however i think it's what bugged me was every single woman practically in this movie is like naked at some point or getting undressed at some point or showing some part and it just I have no problem with nudity in movies or anything like that if it feels necessary. But okay, I did not get why. And maybe you can explain it to me. Maybe I just totally missed why. I did not, and I know this isn't about pencil skirts, so I apologize. I'm going nope. off on a tangent here, but 
I did not understand why the prostitute, why the dad killer, is that what you mm-hmm. nicknamed Assassin him? dad. Assassin dad. I like that. But yeah, assassin dad. Mm-hmm. I did not understand why assassin dad had her strip in front of the window because he was trying to get her to scope out what was going on. But why was it necessary for her to strip in front of the window? I really wondered that too. I was, was like, like, is that, Sorry, I, 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 I was thinking maybe some sort of like distraction, but I'm like, but you're a sniper. You don't want to be spotted. Also those blinds were really big and just fucking terrible for any kind of like incognito oh, yeah. type <laughs> shit. Like you crack those a little bit and someone knows you're in there if you got, even with all the lights off. So, but yeah, I didn't understand why, like I, I kind of figured originally he calls up the sex workers and maybe, you know, the uh, the blue car criminals just eventually drive away because they've been sitting out scoping the the place or whatever. So I thought it was just all of that to try and get them to get bored and leave or whatever. But that didn't require her to be naked in front of the open window. So I really didn't understand that. And if this was like a 90s movie, I could I can almost excuse it to be like, it was the 90s. This was 2019 and it did, did feel not necessary. <laughs> I mean, the only other thing I can think of that just hit me is maybe, although he still she still could be hiding something, he wasn't like inspecting her, um, is maybe to see if she's wearing like a wire or if she has any weapons or anything like that. but it still seemed unnecessary if even if it was that why would he have her do it in front of the window that was Mm -hmm. the thing is it was kind of like he and then he's trying to come off as like some good guy some good guy (laughs) assassin who's quitting even though when you learn later about the the little kids which holy crap that that (laughs) was probably my least favorite part of this movie yeah um but when you find out that he like sat back and let that happen and he knows that and he's like, oh, I deserve to die. Um, so, you know, he's trying to be a good guy. And I'm like, this, this, this prostitute is probably maybe the same age as your daughter that you've been talking to, if not even younger. And it just felt so weird and creepy that he was just mm-hmm. talking to his daughter. And then he's like having a prostitute strip. And so to me, that's the way all the women were in this movie. They were all the same and interchangeable. And I think pencil skirt, <laughs> see these nicknames. I'm sorry. I just love them. <laughs> uh, I think pencil skirt, I, they should have gone with these nicknames in the movie. Um, I may have even given it a little bit of a higher rating if they had. Um, I think with her, they're trying to give her more of a character more depth and like this you know femme fatale but also somebody you might want to root for and stuff there too and so I understood what they were trying to do with her but at the same time like they still have to do a scene where she's in the back of the van and she's changing and the guy's Mm -hmm. watching her and she's like I don't care if you watch as long as you don't crash and I'm like you would not say that I'm like this character I don't care how femme fatale she is i just don't know if she would have said that at that point i don't know i mean i know why but it just i don't know there was it just they all seemed like i was like why don't the men start stripping i i don't know i know i know i know i'm thinking too hard about it and i shouldn't be but it just (laughs) 
irritated me so much. And it also irritated me when Nicolas Cage kissed her at the end. That was mm-hmm. like, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, of oh, course yeah. you have to throw that in there. I was surprised they didn't have sex, honestly. No, they I did. Kind of a- well, they not did. at the end. But yeah, he yeah, does but- go up to her hotel room yeah, and they, because my note is like, oh, of course, because that makes all the sense. <laughs> that I, I thought was one of the funniest parts. I must have blocked that in my mind somehow because I just was like, because I was like, oh, so Nicolas Cage is going to have sex with this woman. And when she walked into the hotel, I was like, that's where this movie is going. And she's going to, I mean, I was, you know, it didn't go this way, but she's going to like scam him somehow. But then I was like, well, wait, we're not at that point where the movie started. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I did. I totally blocked out that they had sex. I cannot believe it. And I watched this movie two days ago. It's not like... <laughs> Well, and it's like because they he goes up to her room or or she's like in his room or something either way. And they kind of start like pushing each other around and then making out. And I'm like, "Mm, of course, because of course. But and then that's kind of it. They don't like show anything. Thank God. But um, but back to the back to the sex worker in the beginning with assassin dad think i i do think that it was supposed to be some sort of distraction for assassin bro and the blue car baddies because you know he said you know with him being a dad he hasn't wanted to have sex for like 14 years and then by the end of the movie we found that find out why pretty sure him not doing shit to save those kids is what killed everything inside of him so i'm thinking it was just that then maybe to still kind of keep up appearances of i'm doing sexy time and i got funky kinks or something but either way yeah she didn't have to be naked for all of that uh with pencil skirt originally so you know we meet her in the beginning and yeah she's bra and her pencil skirt and covered in blood so i was like okay so she was doing something naughty and then murders happen but then when we're introduced to her again through Dirty White Cop, because she, because like her and Dirty White Cop and Dirty Brown Cop are like, they're like a little crew or something set out to like snag these diamonds. And I like that it's the with the chain, we're following the diamonds and that's how we're being led from person to person to person. So Dirty White Cop kills Dirty Brown Cop and then White Cop and... And pencil skirt are just like, oh, we're in love and we're going to run away and start a new life. And and she's just like in a hoodie and like some leggings or whatever, just a very casual look. So at first I'm just kind of like, oh, it's the girlfriend. So which one of these two is going to live? Dirty white cop or the girlfriend? Um, by the time everyone dies in that sequence and she hijacks the, the van and, and changes and everything... I was like, well, of course, hijacking a van is the very first thing you do after your boyfriend has been murdered. And then telling the driver he can watch as you pull like some dirty dancing, changing in the backseat type shit uh, after your boyfriend's been murdered definitely makes all the sense. So I, I understand that those were some big eye roll moments, but whatever, I didn't. I don't know. I I felt like it kind of fit with this movie and I never got the sense that anyone was trying too hard. But again, maybe that's just because 
I'm in it for the death scenes now and who's going to die and how. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I did start to kind of at one point I did start to like pencil skirt a bit more. So I'm like, OK, she's, you know, obviously more than just dirty, dirty cops girlfriend. You know, she's smart. She's capable. She's unafraid. All this kind of stuff. She shows up to the hotel and all this confidence and whatnot. And she has a bit of like a Sherlocky, Sherlockian moment where she deduces that Nick Cage did not just win the hotel in a card game, but, you know, she spots his wounds and kind of deduces that something happened between him and Franco and yada, yada. So I was like, all right. So they tried to pull this like, oh, she's just this. But now here's a little bit more. But then she slept with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that didn't make any fucking sense. And or why she suddenly trusted him. So kind of, yeah, the second half of the movie where everything is starting to be revealed, there's things that I liked and things that I didn't. And I didn't truly get the whole like connection between Nicolas Cage and Pencil Skirt. He's just got a soft spot, I guess, a soft heart, you know, for helping helping women or something. I don't know. That seemed a little odd to me. But um, and then, yeah, and then the only other woman we get is uh, Pencil Skirt's angry ex-girlfriend who has a henchman in a letterman's jacket. <laughs> All I could think was like, did you peak in high school? Is that your varsity jacket? <laughs> Living the good yeah. old days? So she wasn't really in it a whole hell of a lot, but she was pretty, yeah, one dimensional. She was just, I didn't really think too much of the angry ex other than she was angry and murdery. Just a plot yeah. device. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess the women weren't treated well. <laughs> no, and I think, I think the other reason it bothered me is I got the feeling the filmmaker thought he was treating these women well. And I think he thought, wow, I'm making these women quote unquote badasses and they're killing people or they're, and they're kicking ass and they're this and that. And then I'll just also throw in the sex appeal and all of that and, um, and stuff. So I think that's why it bothered me even more is I felt like the filmmaker thought that they were actually not doing that. And I, I, this is total speculation on my part. It's just the way it came across. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I blocked things out of this movie, I guess in my head too. <laughs> so there could have been moments of pure brilliance that I completely blocked in my mind. I don't know why, but mm. um <laughs> So, yeah, because I'm just looking at my notes, seeing if there's anything else about about the yeah, looking to see everything I've written about women is woman covered in blood and just bronze skirt woman getting changed in back of van prostitute undressing in front of the window. I just that's all I wrote about was like the and I'm not a prude. OK, I, I'm really not a prude, um, but I just I don't know. I don't know. I'm fine with nudity. if There's a reason for it. It just bugged me that it seemed like unnecessary nudity just for the sake of having nudity in the movie kind of thing almost like, like the they, sex scene 
almost like they were just kind of like with the the nudity with the sex worker was just if that did feel very like box checky mm, that's a choice of words but it was just <laughs> you know like oh well we have a sex worker well she better get naked this is an action movie <laughs> we need boobies check check <laughs> that was exactly it it was because she's a sex worker she's gonna get naked she's a sex worker that looks like she's like 16 and i know the actor wouldn't be because it would be illegal mm -hmm. but looked like she was like 16 at most mm -hmm. and so it was very much like this is the way sex workers are and um yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> but that uh, that's a problem in all movies sex workers are never treated with respect so because mm -mm. they're not treated with respect in real life um yes. The only other thing I'll say right now about pencil skirt is that she didn't shut the van door and that drove me fucking nuts. I was like, that's rude. Like hijack the van and the driver. Fine. But you didn't shut his door. <laughs> ah, way to go. Pencil skirt. Jesus Christ. Pencil skirt. <laughs> oh. All right. Let's see. And then. Yeah. And then. We, yeah. Because we don't get a whole hell. Like I said, a whole hell of a lot about angry X. So now i enjoyed the action sequences and the violent bits <laughs> I thought there was i thought there were parts that could have been a bit more violent <laughs> i just i don't trust an off-screen death so i need to see a body <laughs> so i knew assassin dad wasn't dead and i was like he's probably going to come back around and then i questioned whether or not dirty white cop was going to still be dead because we didn't see him die. We just hear him screaming and being tortured or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just like, mm, that could have been fun. But you robbed me of that. Fine. Uh, let's see. I liked. I did like the story. It's not like super original or anything, but I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked how all the characters all kind of interconnected and came back around and, you know, so pencil skirt is trying to flee and she's got the stolen diamonds and whatever and she needs to start a new life because she broke because she broke up with her angry ex by fucking angry or by fucking dirty white cop and that's why angry ex is angry and an ex <laughs> so but pencil skirt was like running from that like she didn't i didn't completely understand why she was running i didn't really care i didn't think it was super important <laughs> To me, the only important thing was how these people were going to die. But I, uh, yeah, so she's, she wants to start this new life and everything. And they're supposed to go to the hotel and meet new ID guy and everything. And all this madness happens. And I was shocked <laughs> when new ID guy was revealed. I was like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> new id guy this big main badass head honcho that's supposed to get the biggest diamond out of the satchel of diamonds was nicholas cage's character i don't know how to pronounce the character's name so i just call him nick cage mm. potato potato <laughs> so i did i was like i felt so fucking stupid i was like i cannot believe i did not see that coming I was like, I'm so dumb. Of course, of course, he's new ID guy. And then, yeah, he's like, he tells the whole story of like Franco and 
how he got the hotel and then yeah why assassin dad was troubled or whatever the whole thing with like the human trafficking and and everything like yeah that part was icky i don't know why it couldn't have just been like guns or drugs and why it had to be people <laughs> i always wonder when they choose people over drugs and guns so i'm not i, I don't know that i like that choice and kids that, like really and young kids. girls yes. that, that really that just uh that really and i mean again it depends on how a movie handles things um because i watch so much horror and i watch lots of dark and twisted things but that just really bothered me and it bothered me that every single one of those girls and the girl that grew up and that and that uh, franco basically adopted that she died too was like oh okay we got to kill this girl for man pain that's exactly the only reason she died was for man pain and then of course that has to set off this whole chain the kill chain too so it's like okay to me it was like why would you tell why would you have that story in there of all those girls have one girl um survive and get away and and them and franco adopts her i honestly you know except for of course it would have been really gross and weird even more but i honestly what i thought was going to happen is we were going to learn that pencil skirt was the girl that mm -hmm. like, got and that would have been so much better except for the sex part would have had to be cut out because that yeah. would have been gross beyond belief like but grosser. that yes <laughs> that would have been so much better and that's what i kept waiting for and then when they're and then when nicholas cage is just like yeah she died too i'm like what the hell mm -hmm. i i was fully expecting the reveal for pencil skirt to have been you know because like as she's standing up on the upper level watching this and listening and everything so that's exactly where I thought this was going to go, that she had was going to have this realization and it didn't. And I was like, OK. And the poor girl still died. So but you're absolutely right. I That all just existed for for the man pain to move Nicolas Cage's character's story along and to show that he why he is worthy of redemption or whatever the fuck. I didn't really find anyone redeeming themselves. No. <laughs> no, that was a choice in the synopsis there. Yeah, I did not like I did not like the whole human trafficking of the little girls, but maybe they made they made that choice to make it uh, kind of explain or justify the kill chain and that maybe get us to be like the, the viewers to be like, yeah, get those motherfuckers. But I really was just like, why did it have to be little kids? I don't, I'm, I, I cannot handle that kind of shit like at all. And as I get older, it, because I have, I'm less tolerant of it in my entertainment. Uh, because it's, there's too much pain being inflicted on children in the real world. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm just kind of like, I don't want to see it in my movies. And my shows i like dark and fucked up too but when it comes to the stuff with kids that hits 
way, way too, hits, hits way too hard. It's a bit too much for me. I'm getting soft in my old age. <laughs> no, and it, yeah. And, and I'm just curious if you thought this too. Okay. So I love the hotel. I love the way the hotel was set up. But one thing that got me was, you know, how you have the whole part where pencil skirt is up there on like the second floor or whatever. And she's looking out and I'm like, how are they not seeing her? Because there's like <laughs> no real way that she's hiding. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, did I miss something? Was there something that's covering her? But it is, it's like, basically, hello, I'm up here. Hello. Mm -hmm. Hello. Yeah. I'm up here. And, and that's why, but I still wish that it had been revealed that she was one of those girls because the girl that um, Franco ended up adopting, the only thing that I thought was probably not logical. She seemed too old to be that girl. Mm -hmm. But I was like, well, maybe there's a huge time jump or something like a huge, huge one. Uh, I'm not saying she's she's not old by any stretch, but I'm just saying right. like older. Um, and that's why I think with Nicolas Cage is line of I'm not telling you the story. I'm telling the story so she can hear the so so she can hear the story or whatever the exact mm -hmm. line was. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been so much more interesting if she was and she didn't know some of the story like she didn't know like what Franco went through or all of this stuff since, you know, she had, since the girl that Franco did adopt had a horrible story mm -hmm. afterwards and all of this stuff. So that's why I was kind of thinking that was going to go there until of course we heard that girl's dead, but I still, that would have been just such a miss. That's such a missed opportunity there because that would have been so interesting. Mm -hmm. They would have had to cut the sex out. Maybe that's why they didn't do it because they wanted which is so I'm hoping that's not why. <laughs> well, and I'm that's what I'm kind of well, aside from like the sex part too, because I can like whatever, I, I feel like they still would have left that. But I, that's but true. Everything that's true. Everything in that storytelling, and like I said, with her watching, did feel like that was gonna be the reveal. And especially when Nick was like, I'm not telling you the story, I'm telling her. And it makes me wonder if it wasn't a choice kind of last minute to not have her be because otherwise again the connection between those two makes zero sense his need yeah. to save her makes zero fucking sense the only other way that i can kind of explain it is that he's trying to redeem himself or whatever for allowing not you know not allowing but you know what i mean like he he freed those girls and then they still all ended up dead. So this was his way of kind of making up for that was saving this adult woman who's <laughs> clearly <laughs> capable. Of that. <laughs> so that's it. I that's what I'm gonna say. I'm saying I'm gonna say it was a last minute choice for whatever stupid fucking reason to not make her Franco's daughter. Yeah, I was going to look up on IMDb and see if there's any trivia like saying last minute decision. Uh, that I don't would, think that would there was, but... I, yeah, but I'm just looking just in case I missed anything. Um... And then at the beginning of the movie with Assassin Dad and he's talking to someone and he's the the voice that has sent him out on this hit and everything. And they've worked together for years. That was that was Nick Cage, right? That was um, new ID guy, basically. Because at the end, Nick Cage goes up to the room where Assassin Dad is slowly dying and is basically like, this is why I did it and this is why you're dying because you stood there and you let it happen. 
you know, let those girls get burned. Um, so he was, so Nick's character was the guy on the phone at the beginning. Was? See, I didn't get that because I just thought, I just thought the reason the assassin dad, which honestly, I totally forgot that he, I thought he was dead. And so when he was alive at the end, I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. I should have known he was still because <laughs> he was holding up the mattress. And of course, that's going to protect him from a bullet. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. He had a vest. He had a vest. Oh, yeah, he had the vest. I forgot about the vest. See, I'm just blocking stuff out of this movie. Um, Very important plot points, Aaron. That's probably why you didn't like it. No. <laughs> um, I thought the reason that he, like, a lot of it was, like, if you get into this, you can't ever leave. You'll get killed um, if you leave. And I think, and it felt like maybe he wasn't on his game anymore. And so he had been uh, put a hit out on him because it didn't seem like, because all the people that were involved in that were also people that Nicolas Cage was going after too, or mm -hmm. that ended up dead, or even if he didn't go after them. So uh, to me, I didn't, and he didn't sound like that guy. That guy sounded no. nothing like Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get that. I just thought that's just some loose, loose chain. <laughs> <laughs> i don't the know weakest link somebody's um, <laughs> probably yelling right now going god i wish aaron would shut up i love this movie it's one of my favorite movies you don't get it you just totally blocked everything out of it anyway what are, what what the hell <laughs> oh my god yeah but i i really i don't recall anything specific being said as to but it was it's just that he, nick's character is the one that set everything in motion to basically take down every link in this chain from assassin dad all the way to angry ex-girlfriend because i think he says the only thing he didn't truly plan for i think it was more of a plan b was was pencil skirt showing up at the hotel because i think he was probably well no if he was set out to kill the dirty cops or have them kill each other either way i mean it's <laughs> there's there's holes in this story <laughs> you could jump through that's okay i don't care i don't care i i'm gonna ask them but and there's not gonna be an answer and that's fine it's not gonna ruin anything for me and then okay do you remember did you block out the face of the guy that did burn the children was that assassin bro it was one of yeah it was the um yeah that was it was the one from the yeah, yeah, that took out Assassin Dad. Yes, yep. yes. That okay. tried to take out Assassin Dad, yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I thought, but I didn't really get a good look at Assassin Bro's face when he was Assassin Broing. It was a better <laughs> shot while he was killing children, which is a choice. But <laughs> Assassin Broing. Like this, I, I did enjoy this movie, but like I said, I wasn't going to care enough to remember any characters' names. And I think some of them are even just referred to in the credits as Criminal One or yeah. some something mm -hmm. like that. So I'm not too far off. But Oh, and then what do you think of the end where, so after Nick's, after New ID, Nick Cage guy goes to Assassin Dad and everything and yada yada and Assassin Dad's like, you just got to you got to look after my daughter. They're going to start, they're going to come after her, this and that gives Nick his phone. 
And that's how it ends is Nick's walking down the street with assassin dad's phone with his daughter's number in it. I think he was getting ready to call her or something. I did it. <laughs> that was real fucking dumb. <laughs> that didn't bother me, honestly. Um, <laughs> the only thing I was thinking is I'm like, please don't make this be like you know somehow he meets her and there's some kind of relationship there because i would not put it past this film to do that kind of thing um plus that's just the way hollywood is you know mm -hmm. um but what i kind of took that as was almost like okay so this is nicholas cage is chance to um even further redeem himself where this where um assassin dad's daughter he can perhaps save her and help raise her and kind of do what franco wanted to do for the girl that was murdered and so that's the way i took it was like it was the start of like this is kind of this is the actual redemption arc not him killing everybody but this right here where he mm. ends up protecting the daughter maybe probably helps raise her becomes like a surrogate dad to her that's what i took from it was it was kind of like him holding the phone looking at that as him deciding whether or not he's going to have an actual redemption or whether or not he should even do that and in my mind he probably did and so that was actually his real redemption was okay. going to be that so that's why it didn't bother me Okay, I like that then, because I'm still thinking, like, I'm not thinking too deep about this movie, and I didn't even know Redemption was part of it until I read the synopsis. <laughs> just thought it was revenge. Just some good old-fashioned revenge killings. But I, okay, so I like that. I'll give you that. <laughs> that assassin dad's daughter is his true redemption, and this was just another link to that. <gasps> there you go. I'm dropping things. <laughs> See, I said something um, deep and meaningful about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just all pencil skirt and assassin dad this. <laughs> no, I just mean I'm surprised I said something deep and meaningful about this movie. I apologize. I know I'm like, oh, man. When I was watching it, I'm like, please let Jen hate this movie. <laughs> And you know, and you know, I know we, I know this is the first time we've disagreed and, and you know what? And I'm fine with that because when it comes to a lot of Nick's movies, I, I, it's hard for me to, to defend. Like I like them for what they are and sometimes nothing more, nothing less. Um, but I'm kind of nuts. <laughs> we, um, but since this was the first time I had seen it, I didn't have any kind of long history or attachment to it. So that's why I didn't really feel like we needed to like fight about this one. I, I enjoyed hearing your points of view and the things that in your criticisms of it, and they're absolutely valid and valid. And you make very, very good points. These were just not things that stood out to me enough for me to be like, meh, you know, I was just like, mm -hmm. it is what it is for what it is, I guess. No, so. I totally, I totally, that's the thing is I totally understand that. I get that. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of movies that 
and you know that I'm like I know this is not high art or anything like that and I don't necessarily you know need any movie to be high art you know so I told I totally totally get that there's a lot of um you know things I'll watch or like like I love um so I guess we'll never be talking about these movies from giving away but I I absolutely love the Purge series like love the Purge series Mm -hmm. and I know people listening are like wait a minute you love the Purge series and you're insulting this movie about the way it treats women (laughs) I understand okay I get it I get the hypocrisy there and I think I think the purge television series was actually really good and was actually really well done, really well made was better than the movies shouldn't have been canceled. I wish people had watched it because it was fantastic, but the movies, I understand they're like trying so hard to have a message and to say something that they kind of lose the message in the making of them. But I love them. I love the purge movies. Like there's a bunch of them or a couple of them, excuse me, on Netflix right now. And so even though I've watched him like a ton of times, and even though there's other stuff I should do for podcast prep this weekend, I'm like, no, nope, <laughs> I'm going to watch a Purge movie. And so I just like sat there and of course with Fergie, the dog, of course, Fergie loves horror movies, sat there and watched the Purge. And I don't even like torture porn. I like, so this kind of goes against some things that I don't like, but it's the Purge series is like my horror, um, my horror guilty pleasure is the purge series i will watch any purge movie any purge movie i'm so excited for the new one they're gonna be at coming out <laughs> and i know these are trash so mm-hmm. and uh, trash that is trying to masquerade itself as not trash even though it is with the exception of the series once again the series is brilliant and i do think there are some brilliant moments in the movies too um and i do think the message i wish it was done a little bit differently because i do think think the message is actually really accurate i could totally see something like the purge happening in the united states to be quite frank mm-hmm. um but but anyway but so that was a total tangent about the purge so. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just saying that because i understand i get that and so if we had if we were like talking about the purge and you were just like i hate this movie i would totally understand and get that mm-hmm. but for me i'm just like i know what these movies are i know what i'm getting just like you do with some Nicolas Cage movies. I know what I'm getting here and I'm just along for the ride and I'm not going to think too deeply about mm-hmm. it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So I get that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Right on. Yeah. And I never really, and I, I have to remind myself too, that I can't be too judgy or critical of anyone else's likes or dislikes. Cause you know, I love the Expendable movies, and those are trash as well, but they're fun trash with big explosions, aging action stars, and terrible one-liners, and I fucking love it, but they're so bad. (laughs) I don't give a shit. So I I do try and keep that in mind if I ever feel like I'm ever getting too high horsey about an opinion on on a movie or show or anything. It's like, bitch, you like the Expendables. Calm down. (laughs) yeah it's hard to do because if you really love something and someone else doesn't like it or vice versa it can be hard because there can be things that you're like i can't believe that anyone likes this crap Mm -hmm. i I don't feel that way about this movie i want to make that clear i'm just saying i you know and then vice versa as well it can be like how can no how can people not like this how can you not like this movie or this actor or this television show or this song 
so it, we can get too wrapped up in our own opinions and in our own likes that we forget everybody's different everybody's gonna have a different reason for liking or not liking something and so we all have different tastes so mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit too philosophical about all this but. <laughs> well and that's quite all right you know we're uh this was our first time we didn't twin it yeah that's mm. right we didn't twin it no Aww. and I didn't win the um guessing your rating I was a little off <laughs> <laughs> I know when you said that I was like oh yikes oh yikes uh, I was like oh no <laughs> it's hard because a lot of times I'm just like she's gonna like it because I liked it and she's gonna like it for all the reasons why I liked it duh yeah. so <laughs> No, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Oh, but I think we did a very, very good job for our first time not twinning it. Yes. So um, I guess we'll just have to see how we do next time. Maybe next time we'll like really fight. Maybe it'll be something that we're both passionate about. And instead of this polite <laughs> disagreeing. This was pretty polite. It wasn't at all <laughs> arguing. It's like... I, I hear you. I hear you. And- <laughs> That's true. So we didn't have our first fight. I will say because next time is my pick. Mm-hmm. And I already know. I already know. I decided already yesterday. Ooh, I'll, I'll okay. reveal it at the end of this episode what, what I have chosen. It's one you haven't watched, at least according to the spreadsheet. So you have to tell me if I'm wrong about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll All reveal right. it at the end and everybody can hear it too. So you'll, so people will know actually this time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm deciding now. <laughs> that's and then when awesome. I saw that, I put that movie, uh, that I put it on the list. I was like, oh, that's the one. That's the one. So, oh, I'm excited. I can't wait. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start ending this. So I'm sorry, I'm going to burp. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and start wrapping this up because. I'm starting to lose it. All right. So this is where we promote our pod, this podcast and our other podcasts. So let's see. This one, Twin It to Win It podcast, can be found on Twitter at Twin It to Win Pod. No second it in that. Facebook, Instagram, and threads as Twin It to Win It Pod. And available where you can get where you get your podcasts. Yeah, I've not been working on the Pandora thing. So. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know they won't listen to you. So I no, should... <laughs> they won't. A bunch of haters. Is Pandora even still a thing? Like, oh my God. <laughs> I will so say. 2002. I will say, Jen, that recently in the past month, it used to be Pandora was the second most listened to for my podcast. And it has dropped to number four. <gasps> so I thought that might make you happy. <laughs> little bit but it also makes me a little sad because like i want to support my friend but at the same time fuck pandora <laughs> well it's just other platforms have so it's not like it's like a bad thing it's just other mm-hmm. platforms have surpassed more usage yeah pandora. i get you <laughs> so all right but aaron tell us about your podcast and your upcoming podcast Okay, well, my podcast is It's a Fandom Thing, where we cover fandom and pop culture primarily from the female perspective. And we are right now in the middle of our third annual Christian Effing Bale Month or Christian Fucking Bale Month, 
we celebrate Christian Bale is like our unofficial mascot. And so we celebrate him every January because his birthday is in January and it's so much fun. It's a blast. So that's how we kick off the year. Um, but we cover a bunch of different things. We're going to have, we have our own awards show coming up and you never know. Jen might've been in an episode that ends up getting nominated. You never know. Just have to have to tune in on, um, I don't know when this episode is dropping, but um, January 18th, we're announcing our Fandom Choice Award nominees. We have that coming up. But anyway, you can follow us at, um, at It's a Fandom Thing Pod on Instagram, Threads, um, TikTok, and then on at, it, at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one on Twitter. And we also have a website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. You can find all our past episodes there and stuff. And then the new podcast I'm starting with um, my co-hosts, Susie and Paula, is called It's a Dean Thing, and it's going to be a bi-weekly podcast. We're going to release episodes every Thursday. We've already recorded our first one. Our first one will be released on Thursday, February 1st. And it's talking about the character Dean Winchester from Supernatural. So it's going to be an in-depth look at Dean Winchester. So if you love Dean... If you love Supernatural, you'll probably want to tune in. We do have a caveat. We do have, we do say we do not like some of the other characters and we will heavily critique them like Sam. So if you are a Sam girl, <laughs> you're probably going to hate us. And so, but just remember people have different opinions like Jen and I have talked about today, but, but unlike what Jen and I were talking about, we are such diehard Dean fans that we will not hear any disparaging remarks about him, honestly. So this is one of those where I'm like, no, I don't want to hear it. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you can follow us at It's a Dean Thing Pod at all those platforms, including Blue Sky Social. I've said Blue Sky Social. And I know. I know. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I've joined that very, one yet. <laughs> well, you have to get invite codes. I'll I'll see uh, if I have any invite codes I'll give you. But it's it's very similar to Twitter. Kind of, I I've barely used it at all, but it's it's was started by the guy who originally started Twitter. Oh, okay. So, but hmm. it looks like Twitter. I mean, when you get on there, you're like, this looks just like Twitter used to look. So it's very similar. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I mean, I know like a bunch of like popped up since <laughs> the musky one took over, and oh my god, yeah. it's all the fucking ads and the bots and the spam like oh, the ads oh my god ads are fucking That's ridiculous on there oh it sucks so bad yeah I, so much but the one that keeps popping up with like the 70 year old woman with the bra and she cuts off i don't know if you've gotten that one like yes. i've blocked every single time and it still yes. comes up it's and it's because nobody wants to advertise on twitter so there's just like Mm-hmm. the most random stupid sh- i'm like what the f-? i was like oh yeah i had i went through and i did all of that and i block every time i get like spam tagged and shit i'm just like why is this like literally like an every week thing if not an every other day thing this is oh it's horrible it's horrible so but um but yeah my podcast is still there <laughs> yeah tell us about yeah. your podcast jen yeah, so I have the podcast My Streaming Bubble. It's uh, where I talk about the shows I live with people I tolerate. I am currently on a break. I took a little break during January and not like just 
a podcast break, but more of just an editing break with the exception of this. I didn't take a break from Twin It to Win It. I'm just, I just took a break from my streaming bubble. Uh, just, I figured why the fuck not? I was like, I need, I just, I need a minute. <laughs> so, um, but I'll be back in February and with all new episodes, I'm very, very excited. I've got a recording coming up and with Carla from Bedwetter Behead, and we're going to be talking about the series Swarm, which I probably should have done this earlier, but either way, I'm very excited. So in a handful of other episodes coming out, but make sure you're following me on, on the socials again, Twitter, um, at streaming bubble, no my in that. Oh my God. I almost forgot. <laughs> fucking name was uh facebook instagram and threads as my streaming bubble and you can listen wherever you get your podcast fix um yeah new episodes come out on sundays so be ready that first sunday of february and since it's a leap year you get an extra one in february extra episode and at some point i'll be back on jen's show to talk about donnie darko Mm-hmm. Well, well, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pencil you in, so no. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's gonna do it for us this month. That's it, but uh, oh, I was gonna drop oh, yeah, yeah. the movie I chose. <gasps> yes, what's the movie? So I chose let me get the year. Now I can't remember what year. So let me look up the year here one second. Oh my um, god, you're not even prepared. What the <laughs> I know. What the hell? It's the 2006 William Friedkin movie, Bug, with Ashley Judd, Michael Shannon, Harry Connick Jr. Okay. No, I don't think I've seen that. I like I like the cast so far, so. Hmm. That's the movie I've chosen for. Okay. Well, I... I look forward to it. These are so much fun. I yes. I love it. So, well, we'll see. We'll see where we land next month. So, I guess until then, everybody. Check you later. later. <laughs> like he's going to say. <laughs> but we nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <laughs>